0: Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians. to say it's super humbling every Sunday to stand up here and give the word of the Lord sometimes it's humiliating right but God is faithful I changed my message this morning because I woke up this morning and as I got alone with the Lord, the thought came across and this is what happened. He said, how am I going to convince this congregation that the Word of the Lord is true today? How am I going to convince them? And the Lord immediately arrested my heart he said, it's never been your job to convince anybody of anything. It's only been your job to be faithful to deliver the Word of the Lord that I give you. And by the way, I have something different that I want you to give this morning than what you had planned. And so I I don't know how this is going, exactly even where we're going. I might even have to look some stuff up as we go, but I I know that the Lord does have a word for you this morning. And here's what I know from Scripture, that what the Word of God says, this is what encourages my heart. It's not my job to convince you. Each one of you, your heart is ground. And the, the Scripture says the Word of the Lord is seed. And this morning, seed will be scattered on every heart in this room. And some hearts will be good ground and this word will take root in your heart and begin to grow some hearts the word's going to be choked out by your concern for other things like weeds some of it the enemy's going to come and steal the word Like the birds came and ate the seed off the ground. And some of it just lays there and the sun just scorches it. Like this is the parable that Jesus told about the word of the Lord going forth. And so you have to purpose in your heart, will you receive the word of the Lord? I'm not asking you to receive the words of Drew. Drew screwed up. Ask my family. (laughs) You don't think I'm screwed up? Okay, thank you. It's very kind. But the word of the Lord is true. The word of the Lord is true. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, it says this And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That, That sounds incredible. To know something that surpasses knowledge. I want to say to you this morning, here in two weeks, we're, we're in the middle of a season of fasting here at Forerunner House of Prayer. And over the next two weeks, as we continue our, our fasting, like we're fasting for the vision and direction of this church. We're fasting so the lost will be saved. We're fasting to humble ourselves. Two weeks from today, when, when the fast ends, it, is our vision Sunday, and if, i'm asking if if you call FOP home or you're just interested in this church that's that's a day you want to miss you don't want to miss you want to be here that sunday it's important where we call everybody and say hey here's who we are here's what we're all about and we declare it and kind of a yes and amen together but this is what i struggle with as i as i wrestle with where we are as a church and it's been great because the last couple weeks i've had a lot of great conversations with different ones of you and there's more of you i want to talk to over the next couple of weeks before that vision sunday because i i believe the lord is speaking to all of us about where we're headed as a church it's not you have to understand this is not drew's vision for four hours of prayer it's our vision that we believe the lord has spoken to us it's it's the lord's vision is what i mean speaking to all of us together and I'm trying to gather it together and declare it so we're all pushing the same direction at the same time. It always makes it easier when you're carrying something, when, when you're all going the same way. So there's a lot of things in our heart for this next year. The question was asked of me, how will 2023 be different? because we want to see more people disciple to Jesus Christ we've done that well but we also want to build more community we also want to see we want to see the lost saved we want to see the gospel communicated but there's some things even though there's some things we've done well there's some things that need to change so what will be different in 2023 and not just at four hours of prayer but that's like a question for you like what will be different for you and your life this year so a lot of things get put on the table like well we need to start doing this and we need to start doing that and, and i feel those things too like oh maybe we should try this and we need and if what if what if we did that and you start building all these ideas right and it's it goes back to that way i opened this morning like maybe if we do enough stuff we can convince people that jesus is who he says he is like if we do enough things we can convince people about jesus Can I tell you this morning like what we don't need is better messages. What we don't need is is nicer buildings or better programs. What we need is hearts surrendered to God. I, I can have programs for your kids all week long, every day of the week. But unless the Lord does a work in their life, they will never know Him. Unless the the Holy Spirit comes and grabs their heart, all it will be is a bunch of events for them to be entertained. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have programs and different things like that. What I'm saying is, what we need desperately, more than anything, is the Spirit of God breathing upon our ministries. Breathing upon our hearts. (sniffs) Paul said in 1 Corinthians that the thing of first importance is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This morning, can I tell you like Jesus died for your sins. Like each one of you. The things that you're ashamed of, and guess what? Some of the sins you're proud of. He, he died for those. And then he was, he, he was buried. And on the third day, He rose again. And, and y'all, He's alive right now. And can I tell you something? Can i going to tell you something, congregation, teenagers, students, kids. He's coming again, like Jesus is coming again. And what will he find when he returns? Like, what if he came back today? No one knows the day nor the hour when the Son of Man returns. Like, what if he came back today? W- what would he find? Would He find us striving so hard? Or would He find us resting in our identity in Christ and working out of our identity to just be the Spirit of God in in the earth? When Jesus taught His disciples to pray, He did not teach them to pray for better programs to reach the lost. He taught them to pray your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven bring heaven to earth and so like every day that's got to be the cry of our. how do we bring heaven to earth how do we partner with that how do we let the spirit of god move through us so that we're not just doing busy things how do we bring people to know the love of christ that surpasses knowledge and the temptation is think well i need to be really good at stuff it feels good to be really good at stuff right it's it's so nice when you work hard on something and someone's like that was awesome you did great um It just occurs to me as I'm saying that. You know what? You know what people really need more than us to be good at stuff? They just need us to be faithful at stuff. I mean, do your best, right? Anything your hand finds to do, do it with all your mind as to the Lord, but but just be faithful. Just as faithful it, it occurs to me. There's this theme that keeps coming up and it's actually here we won't read it but i mean we're in the middle of Ephesians three but in ephesians two and in ephesians four it talks about the body being one right being being together it occurs to me that you like in the early church like if you're going to church in the early church and you got mad at the church you couldn't just quit and go to the church across town right the church of ephesus was the church of Ephesus you just had to pray and remember like oh my goodness like this person the Lord has put them in my life I've just got to learn to love them and that's not the culture we're in today at all you just had to suck it up and like just be Jesus to each other that's tough that's tough Excuse me. I want you to back up to Ephesians three, verse seven. Paul here is he's recounting the amazingness of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, "...of this Gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given to me by the working of His power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given... To preach the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. I, I just what are these unsearchable riches of Christ? Um, I think it's in First Timothy. If you flip over there, yeah, First Timothy, chapter one. we're going to go back to Ephesians. Here's Paul talking, he's, when he's talking about this riches of the grace of God, when he's talking about this thing, he's, it's not just some formal theological or churchy thing that he's throwing out there. Like this is a man who's lived through some stuff. He's done some stuff he's ashamed of. He's done some stuff he's not proud of. In 1 Timothy, he's, he's writing to, to Timothy in, his, in verse 12 of chapter 1, he says, I thank him who gives me strength. And just so you know, it's, it's the Lord who gives us strength. If you're going to try to work in your own strength, you're going to fail every time. Like in Christ, weakness is strength. That's why that's we're talking about being vulnerable to one another. Being open and honest and vulnerable to one another because like, that's, that's strength. Weakness is strength. And the world says no. No. No, you have to show your strength. Don't be vulnerable. Don't cry. Don't open up. That's the world. It says, I thank Him who gives me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because He judged me faithful, appointing me to His service, though I for- formerly... I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent. Like, what's Paul saying? This is a man who pursued Christians, had them arrested, thrown in jail, had them killed. Like, that was his job to the point where when he got saved, like, people were like, well, I don't know if we trust that guy. He might be just trying to trick us. Like can you imagine? Can you imagine being in church one day and a man who had had your family killed for being a Christian walks into the church and says, "I have now given my life to Christ." It'd be awkward maybe. Or maybe there's something to this Jesus that's greater than anything we can understand. And I know what it did for Paul walking into those churches, like, like he was humbled by his past and thankful for the grace of God that surpasses what we can know. So, this is what Paul says after admitting that he was a blasphemer and a persecutor, an insolent opponent. It says, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And I can tell you it's only in Christ Jesus that you're going to be able to love the unlovable. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am the foremost, but I receive mercy for this reason. Oh, excuse me. Christ Jesus might display his perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in Him for eternal life. And then he just he can't help but break out in praise after saying that to the King of all ages, immortal, invincible, the only God. Be honor and glory forever. Amen 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 that we serve a God who like when you say yes to Jesus he overlooks your past what kind of riches of grace is that and why verse 9 tells us in Ephesians chapter 3 sorry let's get back to Ephesians 3 I'm all over the place. I told you it wasn't polished today. It says, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through Him, and this is important, you can underline this, the church, the mi- so that through the church, sorry, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was according to his eternal purpose. That he was realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you, don't lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. And and this is where this is where the posture of our heart is important. Uh, And if if you take notes in your Bible, you should uh, next to verse 14, I want you to write posture. Posture. What kind of posture should we have before God? What kind of posture do we have? He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Do you realize this is the difference between a true believer and someone who is not, like even someone who claims to be a believer. You know what the true difference is? A true believer, when they've screwed up, when life is going wrong and they don't know what to do, they hit their knees and the scripture says they cry out, Abba, Father, which is like saying, Dad! Dad! Dad, I need you. I've screwed up. I need your help. The difference in someone who is not surrendered to Christ is when they're in sin, they, they think, I can do this on my own. I can make it. I can figure this out. I'm not that bad. Other people are worse. It's a very different spirit that we carry with us. It's posture. This morning, you have to ask yourself, what is the posture of my heart before the almighty God? I. I frequently come across people who say, well, I was hurt in church. And that that hurts me, right, because churches shouldn't be hurting people. But a true believer can get to a place where even even when the people around them aren't living like they should, if they're truly surrendered to the spirit of God, they continue to walk according to the spirit of God, despite what's around them. It's astounding to me that some of you are living for Christ today when you look at the household you grew up in. Some of you say, yeah, that's me. That, it was, it's astounding. It's astounding. And if we're looking for reasons to abandon our faith, then I don't think it's really Jesus that we were ever holding on to. Maybe we were holding on to the identity of a person or a personality or a program or whatever it is. We hang on to these things. I'm going to tell you, everything in your life will fail you. Everyone in your life will fail you. The only one that will never fail you is Jesus Christ. Every person in this room, you have a reason. If you look at the people around you in this room, you can go ahead and look at them if you want. Every person in this room has a reason to point to someone in this room and say, I shouldn't serve Christ because of you, because you hurt me, because you did this, because you do that. And I'm telling you right now, that posture of heart locks up our hearts. But when we truly understand Jesus, then we can get over into chapter four and realize, wait, we're one body. We're one body. And even though you've hurt me, I, I can pray the prayer Jesus taught me to pray every day. That same thing in the Lord's Prayer after He prayed, Your kingdom come, Your will be done, and give us this day ready, He prays, and forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who sinned against me. And so if, if I'm mad at Shane because he didn't invite me fishing yesterday, look like you guys had fun though I'm not mad but if I'm mad because he didn't invite me fishing yesterday what I can do is say you know what Lord I release forgiveness to him why because I know I've been forgiven and what we're doing is when we're doing that those unsearchable riches that are in Jesus Christ what it what it is it's it's me being like like Scrooge McDuck You guys remember Scrooge McDuck swimming in that big building of gold coins? Just the riches of his grace. Here, you get some of that now. You get the riches of his grace. I know, it was a terrible point. I told you, it's not a policy service. I looked at Jay's face and she was like, I'm totally talking to you about this tomorrow. I'm sorry. It was a bad example, but you got it. He has the riches of His grace that He's pouring out on us. And I, I get to take some of those riches that I've received, like His forgiveness, and I get to pour it out on somebody else. You know what the Bible tells us? It says that he who forgives much, loves much. He's bringing, forgiven much, sorry, loves much. And I think we know this like with our spouses and stuff, like like the more I keep having to ask my wife for forgiveness, (laughs) the more I feel love, like uh, I love you more because you've forgiven me a lot. So I love you even more because you're overlooking even more. Anybody ever experienced like that? Thank you for forgiving me. I don't deserve it. I love you. I love you. It's posture. Thank you, Dylan. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in earth and in heaven is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. I'll say it again. That you, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being. You you know, it's funny. I almost went to this thing like, like the Lord can give you supernatural strength through circumstances that you can't walk through on your own. It's funny. I almost went to, I think it's Nehemiah or somewhere. It talks about Nehemiah 8, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I almost pulled that one out this morning, but it talks about like, it says, stop your fasting, go eat a bunch of food, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I was like, oh wait, no, we're in the middle of a fast. I can't use that scripture. We'll do that two weeks from now. Then the joy of the Lord can be your strength. But can I tell you what it's saying in that verse is, it's they receive the word of the Lord. And when they receive the word of the Lord, it actually broke their hearts. It actually hurt them. What the word of the Lord said. And the prophet had to be like, whoa, whoa, wait, no, wait, listen. I know you're grieving because you see your own. That's what the word of the Lord does to us, right? It helps us see our own sin. He goes, you, you got it all wrong, though. Yeah, you're seeing yourself for the first time. You look in the mirror and you go, oh my gosh, I'm ugly. what are you saying? It's not the point. The point is to realize, yeah, it's heavy, but, but you have the word of the Lord. Listen, you have the word of the Lord. So don't be sad because now you have the word of the Lord. Like he's speaking to you. He's guiding you. Like, you know how awesome it is when we're in a discipleship group and someone sits there and for the first time they go, I can hear the voice of the Lord. And just this freedom, you see, you can see it in their eyes, Like, I can hear the voice of the Lord. There's freedom when you realize, oh my goodness. So now you stop your fasting. You stop your weeping because you have the word of the Lord. You can hear His voice. And then it goes on to say, so the joy of the Lord is your strength. Not your joy is your strength. Your joy comes and goes. You guys, some of you are so flaky. You're up and down, in and out, right? It's all of us all the time, right? Not your joy is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And He rejoices over His people. He says that, go back to 16, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Through His Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Say through faith. Not through works. Through faith. Through faith. Believe in Jesus Christ. Believe in his name. Through faith. So that you may be rooted and grounded in love. Like, this is what we need. Can I tell you, Vision Sunday's coming up in a couple weeks. Like, we don't really need more programs and more events and more things to do. Although, some of that will naturally happen as we're doing life together. That stuff comes out. But what I'm saying is, we don't need more programs and events. What we need is to be rooted and grounded in love. Just like, Immovable. Rooted and grounded in love, which is all about Jesus. So when life comes at you and it's happening, it's, you're like the wise man who built his house upon the rock, right? And the rains came down, the floods came up, and the, the house stood firm. And Christ is that foundation. His words are that foundation. It was the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And if you find yourself just every time life happens just being like, ah. Then I to you maybe your house isn't built on rock. And I'm not saying that to pick up a rock and say, your house isn't built on rock. And I'm just chunking at you like, you idiot. No, this is the grace of God coming you, to you today. Like me saying it isn't an accusation or judgment of you and the, your life being filled like this all the time. What this is, is this is the grace of God coming to the hearer, saying, hey, maybe your house hasn't been built on the rock, and that's why everything's been like this. But when your house is on the rock, the rains come, and the wind comes, and the floods come, and you're firm. You're rooted and grounded in love. Some of us try to root ourselves and ground ourselves in other things, the things of the world. Like Grace and Steve, you love each other very much. But you, you can't be rooted and grounded in each other's love. Obviously the love of Jesus Christ going through you to each other. But just in each other, that's a recipe for failure. To root and ground yourself in your spouse. Because some days they're going to have a bad day. But if you're rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, no matter what comes at you, you're fixed. And that's what we need. To, what needs to be different in 2023? We, together, being rooted and grounded in love. If I'm rooted and grounded in love, then I look at Shane and go, Sigh. I love you. Really would have liked, what do you catch fly fishing? I don't, what kind of fish do you catch fly? Rainbow trout. I was going to say that, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot. I really wanted to eat some rainbow trout. But I'm rooted and grounded in love. Have I, have I made my point yet? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I guarantee you the next time he goes, I'm going to get ten texts. And I'm going to be like, I was, it was just a sermon of Shane. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm. To be rooted and grounded in love. Verse 18 And you may have the strength to comprehend. And I just think that's so weird that he says not just that you will comprehend, but you'll have the strength to comprehend. Like, this is kind of hard to do. Like That's weird to me. Like, why does he say the strength to comprehend? This is not just obvious. It's not just given out there. It's something you kind of have to be like, wait a minute. To be rooted and grounded in love, like, And have the strength to comprehend with all the saints. And that's what all of us are here together. What is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Like just even saying it. You just feel something rise up. I want to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. What is that? Imagine a congregation that has that. Imagine a, a group of disciples of Jesus Christ that know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge what it, and subsequently that they may be filled with the fullness of God. It, it, it's amazing to me that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the jet dead dwells in me. He dwells in you. Like, think about it. That's what the Word of God says. That's not drew it's the same spirit that raised christ from the dead lives inside of you and it does two like i feel two things simultaneously as i say that one i feel awesome and two i feel humbled What is that? That doesn't make any sense at all, to feel both things at the same time. I'm awesome. I have the Spirit of God inside of me. Why? The the Scripture says that He puts His treasures in in jars of clay, in earthen vessels, in in something that isn't really all that great. It's just a little clay jar. That's what it is. An Amazon box. What do you do with an Amazon box? You throw it away. You kick it, and like, oh my gosh, another Amazon box. You just throw them out. And yet, God, we're just we're just Amazon. We're not, there's nothing valuable in us. The thing that's valuable in us is the spirit of Christ in us. And the spirit of Christ in you. And some of you have come in this place this morning. And, and like the thing I want you to know is that the riches of his grace are extended to you. It doesn't matter what your past is. He will save you where you sit this morning. The grace of God is so rich. And you don't have to do anything for it the thief hanging on the cross did nothing he did nothing and jesus said uh, the only thing he did was put his faith in jesus christ and you know what happens jesus says this day you will be with me in paradise like all he did is put his faith in jesus in jesus work not in his work in jesus work as the preacher puts it he he, he dies on the cross and he gets to the pearly gates and he sees saint peter standing there i don't think saint peter's actually standing there at the gate i think that's just for jokes he sees saint peter at the gate and he says well who are you he says well i'm the thief hanging on the cross he says why are you here did you go to church every sunday no. Were you baptized? Ever? Infant? Adult? No. Did you attend a D group? No, I didn't. Did you memorize the Word of God? No, I didn't do any of those things. Did you volunteer in a soup kitchen? No. Then why are you here? And his response is simply. The man on the center cross said I could come. It's all about Jesus. It's about what he did. And can I tell you, he was an example to us. We read it this morning in Philippians chapter 1. Jesus is an example to us to die to ourselves to serve others. To relinquish your right to have offense to other people. That's hard. To extend forgiveness and grace and love and mercy. To be like Jesus. To die to ourselves. So like that's my prayer. Like Jesus, help me die to myself. Like loving others should kill me. It should hurt bad. It was the Moravian missionaries. This is hundreds of years ago the Moravian missionaries sold themselves into slavery to be able to preach the Gospel. Sold themselves into slavery. And the story is told is, the, is two of these missionaries had sold themselves into slavery and they boarded the boat. I believe it was headed to the Caribbean to be slaves just to tell these other slaves about jesus they said their goodbyes i'm sure there was hugging and crying not knowing when they were going to see their loved ones again and as the boat began to pull away from the port the missionaries shouted back to the shore may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering Like yeah, we've sold ourselves into slavery. We think it's, we might think that's a big deal, but but the lamb was slain. Whatever we think we've done, he's done more because of the richness of his grace. And all I know is, if there's these missionaries who can sell themselves into slavery for the sake of Christ, I can forgive a guy for not taking me fishing. You know what I'm saying? I. I can cook a meal and bring it to your house. I I can sit up with you through the night while you're going through your deepest, darkest hour. I can love you well. I can forgive you. Even though you've stabbed a knife in my heart. And I'm not saying that for me. I'm saying that as you. You can do this. Because the same Spirit which raised Christ from the dead, it it dwells inside of you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. And you have the riches of His grace in you to extend to anyone around you. This excites me. Does it excite you that you're rich? This morning you are rich. What are you rich in? You're rich in grace. You are rich in grace. You're rich in love. You're rich in mercy. You say, Pastor Drew, sometimes I struggle with my love and mercy and grace sometimes it's okay we all do but we continue to call each other to greatness and remind each other can i tell you something god knew we would struggle sometimes you know how i know he gave us the word that says hey guys stop (laughs) remember remember he knew we're going to struggle Will you stand with me? I, I guess I need to be done. I usually know where I'm ending because I have notes. I have no notes today. I just have the Bible. And it keeps going for lots of pages. So I should stop. Can I tell you, wherever you're at this morning, wherever your heart is at, man, if your heart was good ground this morning, you received this word, praise God. And I just want to speak to a spirit of division in the room right now in the name of Jesus. You're done. I see you and I call you out. You're done. The word of the Lord will not return void. I'm not saying you guys are the spirit of division. You're not. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You're not the problem. You're the solution. You have the heart of Jesus Christ inside of you. I'd encourage you, if I could challenge you to read the chapter preceding and after Ephesians chapter 3. Read chapter two and chapter four in your personal time read it this afternoon read it in the morning it's ephesians ephesians it's only five chapters i'm just asking for the middle three Um, you can read the whole thing it won't take you long but get a highlighter out when you do it get a pencil out get a journal out let the lord speak to you through it can you can you some of you do that with me will some of you commit to do that with me because i think the lord's wanting to speak to us and i continue to challenge us we're I'm calling the men again to fast breakfast and lunch on Tuesday. Man, it's awful. It's just the worst. I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) I got 10 things more in my mind. I'm going to stop. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. just like lift your hands or put your hand on your heart or something just make a connection somewhere that just is important i think in this moment like you are full of the riches of god this morning if you have surrendered your life to jesus christ you are full of the riches of god this morning you are full of his grace You are full of His forgiveness. but Pastor, I struggle forgiving. I'm telling you, you are full of His forgiveness. You do have it inside of you. You are full of His mercy. It's something beyond you. It's the Spirit of God inside of you. You're empowered. It's your identity in Christ as a son, as a daughter, to be full of the Spirit of God. And what you carry, you release. I just want to remind you, whatever situation you're walking through, you feel like it's killing you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. Listen. Jesus, he sacrificed, so he suffered on the cross. But I'm going to tell you something, he rose from the dead. And whatever it is you're walking through, there's resurrection power. There's resurrection power. There is hope. There is life. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, I pray that all of us in this room, our hearts would be good ground to receive the implanted Word of God. I pray it would bear fruit. And Lord, we just begin to see it multiply. Lord, as we look forward to Vision Sunday and all the things, Lord, that we think we need to do before we do one thing, that we'd remember our identity in You. And who we are. And that Your Spirit is the only thing we need. And that we'd be fueled by Your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen.